Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Sharon Lever. Your co-hosts for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Joining us today is Vice President and Research Director Keith Johnston to discuss the future of the CMO role and why 2020 might be a make or break year for marketing's top title. Welcome, Keith. Thank you for having me. So uh, before we get into what's in store for the role in 2020, I think there might be value in just uh, perhaps reflecting on what happened to CMOs at some major brands in 2019. Sure. I mean, you've you've had a you've had a lot of turmoil with the CMO position for a long time, but this year just seemed to be more. Um, a couple of years ago, when we called out the, you know, the the the, the surgeons of the chief growth officer, it, it seemed like you know there were some trends. Uh, but this year, we've seen a lot of CMOs go and not enough come back. Uh, more titles in the fray, like chief uh, customer officers, uh, particularly in the DC side of things, where they're looking you know, across the entire spectrum uh, surrounding the customer. And uh, then we had some big ones like McDonald's, uh, who hasn't replaced their CMO yet. Uh, But then others, I mean, for every three that go away, there's one that's like, wow, the CMO is back, like Mm -hmm. uh, GM hiring a global CMO. So for those brands who are um, hiring new global CMOs, are are those CMOs getting a larger remit than a traditional CMO? Yeah, absolutely. Um, When you get global in your title, all of a sudden it really becomes focused on the business and not necessarily in that one space, which is called marketing, Uh, not even in that one space that may be marketing plus digital. It's it's a big job as a business focused job. Um, You know, for others, uh, we saw uh, Keith Weed finally get replaced from Unilever. Um, The title there is chief digital and marketing officer. And that just sends a message that this is more than just marketing. Marketing's part of the mix, uh, but so is CX. So is the overall experience that you feel because we just can't separate brand and the customer experience anymore. I mean, is that what's been missing in the past couple of years, that it's just been a myopic view of of marketing or that function in in isolation or not connected to the business? Yeah, totally. Um not all of them are in isolation, but they're certainly staying in their own lanes so that the brand strategy and the customer strategy are not designed uh, together. Mm-hmm. Um, or you'll have uh, other things where maybe they're designed together and the technology that is enabling all that was not completely thought through with all the front end interfaces you know, being thought about and, and how you communicate you know, those services and their products. Is there something fraught in the in this approach? It seems to me that a company that is really truly customer obsessed is looking across the entire customer lifecycle. All of their executives would be sort of rowing in the same direction to to do that, not relying on the hopes of one new executive that comes in with a fancy title that's going to fix it all. Yeah, that's that's where it's completely wrong. Is that you know if you're if you're going to claim that you're customer obsessed, you have to understand that everything that surrounds that customer needs to come together. And so that means looking at your own C-suite and saying, it's like, well, if the position doesn't exist or the authority with one individual doesn't exist, we need to reinvent that, you know? So if you're going to obsess, reinvent Mm -hmm. and bring those things together. And if you have to change the name of the title, that's fine. Brand hasn't lost its luster. Brand is more important than ever as everybody has access to capital and technology. Brand really matters now. The thing is, is that building a brand isn't just all about marketing. Right. And so meaning that there's a very clear intersection between what you're saying or the messaging that you have from a marketing perspective and the experience that you're expected to deliver on or against that brand. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. They're, the, the customer cannot separate the brand that they're feeling, how they're being communicated to, the to the experience that they're having with the product or service. Mm. So, Keith, going to 2020, if, if a lot of these changes happened in 2019, does that mean we're set up for success in 2020? You know, if if CEOs or COOs or whoever's making the decision are actually listening to the signals, if they're, they're listening to their CMOs who – um, I think we're on the fourth straight year that we've had the same set of priorities, which number one is always growth. Okay. Everybody wants to grow. Uh, number two is improved customer experience. Number three has been improved product and service. Four, reduced cost. I'm glad that's dropped a bit over the last few years. And then the other is the ability to innovate. When you look at those things, when you look at those factors, none of them say marketing in it. It's implied, mm-hmm. but none of them say marketing in it. And if you really look at most organizations, to put hang all of growth on the CMO, but not give them control or at least decision and budget making power for improving CX or to innovate, it's that's that's just an idea that's fraught with disruption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, meaning that like the sort of legacy CMO role was kind of handcuffed, right? Because if they don't have control or ownership over things, you know, two through five on your list, like how would they be able to succeed or achieve growth expectations? I guess. Totally. You have two tensions that are going on in this where, where the most her- heralded title in marketing um, hasn't evolved fast enough. Digital has been around, you know, the commercial internet has been well established over the last 20 years. And, you know, most of the people with CMO title have not evolved for this idea of going from you know, uh, long-term brand building, this quarter-quarter growth mindset where data is in the middle of every decision. Um, you know, that's the fault of of many. But the other side of things is I don't think the businesses have pivoted to realize that it's not about the title. Mm. You still need all those things that branding, marketing, and advertising brings you. It's just more than that, you know. So calibrate your organizations to that. One of the things you just mentioned was digital or technology. We've seen over the past several years, many CMOs dig in on that topic and maybe even overspend or overfocus on technology. Is is that going to change in 2020? I think it is. Um, when we went to Cannes and uh, put a great piece of research that Jay Patasol put on with, you know, the, the value of creativity. And we said that $19 billion worth of spend needs to move from technology into creativity. That wasn't taking away from the spend. That was about recalibrating. In many categories in industries, your competition has the same technology that you do. They're using the same vendors, the same service providers, the same implementers. Uh, Creativity is then the tiebreaker. You know, how you experience, how you, you know, emotionally feel connected to that brand is probably going to drive your decision to either buy them, spend more, stay with them, all those big decisions that the, the CMO, you know, is dealing with. And so, you know, in that situation, when we're already going to unprecedented second generation of tech debt, yet, um, you know, we've spent five times what, uh, on technology that we have on agency services, I think these are kind of signals that maybe you ought to recalibrate and look at what we've been doing over the last couple of years. And it also kind of goes back to the point you were making this like through line of the brand and the brand expression and the uniqueness of the brand should Mm. be within obviously the experiences and many of those experiences are digital. So there's got to be a connection there. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I keep saying it. It's like you can't separate these things. And certainly some great research that we've been doing uh, in brand with Japan and Chatterjee and 
and just looking at those intersections and your um, how experiences actually emote a response mm-hmm. and how you connect with that and then how you you know dial it back to the brand. Certainly, if you look at the D2C brands, they're learning. They're learning that um, we have to create a set of, of brand attributes, brand values that are going to be embedded in our products. It's going to be embedded in the language that we put out there to communicate. And it's going to feel like that particular experience that we're trying to, to develop mm-hmm. for the brand overall. So to be devil's advocate here, I'm, I'm hearing maybe recalibrate on technology and creativity and agency spend. Um, think about the entire customer journey and experience, not just the acquisition piece or the yeah. marketing piece yeah. traditionally. Uh, those feel impart- important. To be honest, they don't feel like they're radically different. Is it going to be enough to be make a big impact and difference in 2020? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, Jen was talking about, you know, this idea is like, well, have we been traveling in the same lane or different lanes? Have we been in silos? And the answer is yes. Yep. Um, I, I always come back to the, you know, who's making the decision on uh, having a cohesive brand experience through and through? Um, who has the budget to buy the right technology that's going to make it feel like a very cohesive, continuous experience, you know, have continuity? Um, I think that's going to be differentiating. When you can actually use a product and experience a brand and not feel that disjointedness, you know, if you can actually feel comfortable that the brand that you thought you were buying is the experience that you got, that's pretty differentiating. It seems like the CMO is also then on the hook a bit to help the company and the brand rethink in some cases or hone in on who they really are. Right? Yeah. This gets to the values piece, the employee experience, all of those aspects. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, um, you know, when you apply values to an actual business strategy, it allows you to really decide who you're going to serve and who you're not you're going to serve. That allows you to create an experience that is unique to you. Uh, you can't be all things to everyone. I right. think CMOs are experiencing that when they're realizing that they keep casting a wider and wider net for customers. And along the way, they drop the ball and they lose the customers they have. And now you're just in this con- continuous cycle of you keep trying to acquire new customers. And that's not a path to growth if you keep losing more than what you're gaining. Yeah, the leaky bucket problem. And so I think just keying off of something that Sharon just said, it seems as though then the CMO will also have a major role in employee experience or connecting the like customer experience to the employee experience. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we're seeing it in different different flavors, but what we're seeing is whether you hold a CMO title or not, that there's corporations that are definitely paying attention to how their brand feels their employee. When you have... Um, you know, an economy the way it is, and you have, uh, you know, low unemployment. Um, when a software developer is going out to look for a job and they have two companies to choose from, the salary, the compensation, the lifestyle is probably going to be very similar. Mm-hmm. You're going to choose the brand that you love the most. Yeah. Well, it feels very much like, I mean, not to compare people to to digital, but it's like a digital sameness issue, right, with the technology. But if all things remain equal from a compensation perspective with a company, it's going to be the values, the purpose, the thing that drives us as human beings that's going to bring you to a certain brand or company. Absolutely. The same thing applies. You know, the, the affinity for that company's brand, what they're doing, um, 
you know, the, the effort that you're putting in to make the things that they're selling, um, that lowers attrition that allows you to, um, to refer, uh, you know, other, you know, more talent, yep. uh, you know, to come to your company. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a whole cycle. And what's sort of happening if the CMO's remit is around this, you know, everything associated with customer value, working with customers to create those experiences? This this concept of co-creation, I think, is something that you mentioned in this research. So can you talk a little bit more about what that what would be happening in 2020? Yeah, I mean, that, that point is not necessarily specific to the CMO, but something that CMO can... Um, can inspire, which is this this totality of brand uh, experience through through everything. For um, a lot of new consumers, they really want to be a part of the creation of the brand, or or feel like they really have a relationship. And you know, one of the examples we use is, you know, uh, Apple has really used the watch as a platform uh, for health, a platform for uh, science, if you will. Um, you feel like the effort in using this product is uh, part of its constant evolution of development, and therefore you feel part of what Apple's a part of trying to achieve. So let's come back to this idea of them, of CMOs in general, getting more, um, taking on more responsibility for the entire customer experience. How does that actually play out? Because if you think about it, almost everything a company does touches the customer experience. So do they really own the entire thing? Who reports into them? Is it just the CX group? Are we also talking about product organizations, customer service organizations, the entire customer lifecycle going to this new chief growth officer or a a broadened remit for the CMO? I would say it's going to mean um, different things for various uh, types of businesses and, and, and companies. But I think at the core of it, if CX is truly part of the brand building mix, that all the data that touches the customer needs to be housed in one place so that the CMO has access to those particular insights, that they don't have to chase it through their agencies, through another department, that there is a clear view of the customer that they're looking at. So if in fact, if they don't have all the parts that they need to make a big decision, they have the right insight to go ask for it. And they might not, is it safe to assume then that they might not control directly all those functions, but they have the insight to be able to make the case as to why something should change? Yeah, without, without a doubt. And um, I, th- I think from a CMO-specific uh, perspective, um, that could be a good thing. So when we talk about these other roles like chief customer officer, chief growth officer, or all those things, a CMO may be reporting to those folks. Right. But as long as everybody's looking at the same clear view of the customer— and everybody has the customer as a focus in their decision-making process, the CMO doesn't have to own everything. They just certainly have to have a span of control over the customer, but that may be the data. That may not be all the functions in their organization. Well, that goes back to my point of, uh, in some cases, I look at some of these brands that are appointing these one, this one individual to be responsible for the entire customer experience. It just seems like it's, it's short-sighted. Right. It's there's no one person who can make a huge difference there. It's about getting the entire executive team behind it. Yeah, it's too big a job. And, the, and uh, you know, I think we we're talking about, you know, we might fall into the, the same cycle all over again, just like we are with the CMO. Is it maybe we're just asking too much of CMO? 
maybe mm-hmm. the M in marketing is just not enough. And maybe we just got to get to a point where we need to have a cohesive strategy around the customer so that multiple executives are just looking through the same view, which is the customer. Right. And I feel like this is the case. Anytime we see a brand new title pop up mm-hmm. in the C-suite, it's like a Band-Aid or a filter for right. a bigger problem happening under under the surface. Without a doubt. Chief digital officer was nothing more than a proxy for you're not tech savvy enough. Right. It was like that for the CMO. It was like that for the CIO. Every time you saw a CIO that now all of a sudden have to deal with the chief digital officer, it's like, well, you're not thinking big enough about the business. It's more comment of the person in that seat not doing the job correctly than the need for a new title. Without a doubt. And and so that's probably where we are with, you know, being two decades into the digital is that we have a certain expectation now that we should have a handle on this by now. Right. Um, But the reality may be bigger that, you know, how we construct our our C-suite may just need to look different as a result of what we've been going through with this one title. One of the things I like about the idea of the CMO taking on more of the remit for the customer experience is I feel like so many of the customer experience efforts that have happened in companies have been very iterative, transactional in nature, fixing a couple things here and there. Brand has more staying power. Mm -hmm. So yes, if you connect the experiences to the brand, that's even better. But Putting it in the hands of the CMO just seems to make a lot of sense because then it's connected to that thing that has staying power and it doesn't change on a daily basis based on your most recent experience with a brand. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, we talk about the customer a lot, but if you can orient an entire customer around what the brand should be, you know, that that you're right. That does have staying power. And one of the um, unexpected consequences of a lot of CMOs being let go is that when there is a period of time at which good companies don't have that role, the brand has been freed Mm -hmm. to move into customer experience. When the customer experience got better, there's like, well, maybe we ought to make this really feel like the brand that we are and who we want to be. So not pigeonholed just in the whatever marketing operations. Yeah, Yeah. without a doubt. And so then then it it gets freed throughout the organization and people start to get it. They believe that their brand should be communicated in their, um, in their call center. It should be communicated through their digital experiences. It should be communicated through their advertising. And then when the new CMO comes back or new title, it's that there's been this level of exposure that didn't have a kind of command and control mentality inside the marketing team. It's now part of the DNA of the organization. Yeah, without a doubt. Other yep. groups start owning what that brand means for their teams and what have yep. you. Let's go back to the um, the creativity point that that we were talking about earlier and the, the problem that many CMOs are facing of this digital sameness and needing to kind of focus much more on creativity in the brand. Are they equipped to do that? I mean, that's a whole skill set that many of them have kind of put on the shelf and, and didn't feed for a long time. Does this mean that they'll be hiring? Does this mean they'll be relying more on agencies going forward? What do you see for 2020? So I think we're going through another cycle where over the last couple of years, we've seen a massive amount of uptake in building in-house agencies. I think in many ways that started out to be a cost-cutting me- mm-hmm. measure. Um, for others, it was an opportunity to bring that talent that they so coveted in outside agencies in-house. Um, and for some brands, it's actually, it's really working. You know, there's the Chobanis of the world, you know, and, and Dollar Shave Club that like, it just, it works out famously. And they have a real brand ethos within those companies and, and it works in their in-house. 
for others, you know, it, it just, it takes a different mindset. You know, every CMO wants to have an in-house agency until they realize they're running an in-house agency. <laughs> and then that comes down to make the demands on your, your, your external agencies to do the things that they do best, but do it with a, you know, a, a level of consciousness on the, <laughs> the cost and, and all that stuff and make them partners again. And so I think we're going through uh, this transition where I think we're, we're deciding what should be in-house and what should be out of house. Um, uh, if we're going to have an in-house, we need to have an, an agency-like culture, a creative culture. Um, you know, if not, you're going to lose that external point of view that made agencies so valuable to your brand mm-hmm. and your experiences. You know, digital agencies have thrived off of, you know, you know, offering a, a, a bigger point of view or, or a better point of view, maybe just different for the CMO, um, you know, just like we've done with advertising. The flip side of that, though, if, if, we're, if we're saying that um, the real identity of the brand, the real values it believes in and so forth is so important, can an agency really take that on? Um, it feels like to some degree an in-house agency or folks that are actually living and working only for that one brand could potentially be more successful there or at least more authentic. Uh, perhaps. Um, you know, the heritage of advertising was not constructed necessarily like that. Um, I think when uh, great in-house uh, agencies um, are orchestrated within, um, you know, with the, the CMO uh, at the helm, that yes, that probably can be the best way uh, to operate your brand um, and to um, – and to, and to set that tone and, you know, that, that, you know, very distinct level of ownership. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that works for all, all brands. Um, I think um, in a highly disruptive market, they constantly need a different point of view. Is there a risk that if brands start going to the same agencies, this, the sameness factor sort of starts kicking in again because they're using the same techniques and maybe the creative isn't the same, obviously, but um that's that's part of the equation here, right? A possibility potentially, right? Well, if you're outsourcing yeah. in general, that's going to be a right. risk. A same that. framework, a same plan, you know, whatever. Now, the interesting thing about that is that advertising, uh, creative agencies of record, have a history of of not being able to have, uh, you know, two of their same competition yeah, c- competitive. within that's true. Yeah. right within their walls. Um, so, to our point about a bit of tech sea of sameness. Um, a lot of that comes from multiple brands actually share all the same consultancies, all the tech implementers, all the same vendors. Right. And all the same platforms, all mm-hmm. the same software. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so um, I think that is part of the problem, you know. So yep. what if the old model was new again, just in a different form? Nope. So on the CMO title, not to beat a dead horse here, but I feel like this has been picked up by a lot of news outlets, press, et cetera, because it's an interesting, hot thing to talk about. The in, the ironic part of it is, on one hand, we're saying a lot of CMOs have been ousted of their position. We've said the CMO role and title is expanding um, to chief customer officer, chief growth officer, et cetera. Um, and at the same time, we've said, well, if you're trying to rely on one human being to do all of that, you're probably going to fail. 
So at the end of the day, what do you think is going to happen here in 2020 and, and beyond from there? What is the what is the right recipe? Is it a new title? Is it a new person? Is it a new whole C-suite? What does it look like? I believe that one person, it doesn't matter if they're called CMO or not, has to have the decision and the budget uh, capability to actually do all things that are wise for the customer. That may mean the CMO reports to that new title. That may, may, that may mean you have a broader remit for your CMO. Um, the, the function of branding, advertising, and marketing is not going away. But we just know that it needs more. We keep arguing a title when we're really perhaps just arguing a capability, a decision and budget, you know, making role. And influence across the entire organization. Yes, instead of, instead of having to go gain influence, garner influence, use that as your equity. It's just give somebody the, the ability to make a good decision. So as we look to 2020, what's the one thing that forward-looking CMOs or, you know, insert whatever title you want here, should be doing or will be doing? It doesn't matter what the title is, but if there's one thing that you're going to do, you're going to have one person be responsible for bringing your brand experience, which means advertising, communications, marketing, all of that, together with customer experience into one cohesive strategy. Then whatever technology decisions are made, whatever, um, whatever you know, digital decisions are made, if that one person doesn't have those things, they should all adhere to that particular strategy that has the customer at the center and has the brand surrounding it. So they feel one experience, the way they're communicated and their way they're actually interacting with that product and service. Great. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.